welcome to Tim and Alex hit on each other for an hour. I'm Tim. I'm Alex. That's how we started. <laughs> That's how it goes, man. Just kidding. This is the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Tim. Uh, Willie is out sick, so we wish him well. Let uh, you should you should tweet to Willie his Twitter account that he never uses at HemoWilliac yeah. and tell him to feel better. Feel better. Yeah. And then uh, Nick, harass him as much as possible. Yeah, right? harass him. Very, be like, dude, you should have been on this episode. It was a complete <laughs> disaster. <clears throat> Uh, and then Nick is out on assignment, uh, doing doing some stuff. He's not really on assignment. He's just doing actual work. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unlike the rest He's of getting us. Getting paid. <laughs> so you've got Tim and I here. We are going to do our summer movie wager update as always. Then we're going to talk about some film news. We're going to do a new segment called Stand and Deliver, starring Edward James Olmos, which is where we basically look at film articles, or film news articles, yeah. and rate them as to give them a grade. Yeah. Which, you'll understand why we're doing that soon. <laughs> and then we will do a full review of Luke Greenfield's Let's Be Cops. We wanted to get back into the movie theater this week. I wanted to get back into the movie theater this weekend, but there's really... I don't know. There's we, not much... We really? could we could have done like Atlas Shrugged, who is John Galt, which my parents oh, my parents went and we saw yesterday. Gone, we should have gone after our new audience. Acor- that. It's true. Yeah. It's true. According to my dad, Stephen Tobolowski, friend of the show, yeah. uh, uh, delivers the best line of the movie. Is he in Atlas Shrugged? He's in Atlas Shrugged. How did you not interview him? In thir- I don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it. But anyway. It's best to stay away, probably. We saw Let's Be Cops. <laughs> That's what happened, and, and we're, we're going to find a way to talk about it. Um, so, uh, to our summer movie wager update, I'm not going to bother going over what happened this weekend. Basically, Guardians was number three, which is great for the fact that it's been out for a month and a half here. Um, but it had like $8 million. But it did come out in Japan this past weekend, so okay. that also gave it some of a boost. <clears throat> Uh, number one, of course, Transformers Age of Extinction at $1,080.6 Maleficent's in number two with $754.2 million. X-Men Days of Future Past is slowing down a bit with $745.9 million. Oh, that thing, yeah, it's done. Maleficent's got it. Ma- yeah, Maleficent's solidly at number yeah. two. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 is at $708.3 million for like the fifth or fourth week in a row. Um, cementing it as well, probably blue right now, right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's probably not moving much. I think you, you or somebody said that last week too. Go buy the Jamie Foxx head Blu-ray. If you can find it. The yeah, blue Jamie Foxx head. Blu-rays. Don't don't do that if you're trying to push it higher because that's not. This is box office. Send but, it to Willie. Yeah, <laughs> he will hate his you for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Number five is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes at $668.7 million. Guardians hops over How to Train Your Dragon to get to number six with $612.2 million. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2 is at number seven with $609.1 million. Godzilla 2014 at $525.0 million. Live, Die, Repeat, a.k.a. Edge of Tomorrow is $369.2 million. And then number ten, I have to apologize, this happens every year. There's some movie that I just don't count as a movie that I start skipping over whenever I see it in the list because I have to manually pick these out of Box Office yeah. Mojo's list. So, 22 Jump Street probably hasn't been number 10 for the past couple weeks mm-hmm. because it's Lucy with okay. $354.6 million. So, I apologize. It's not going to help anybody because I don't think anybody had Lucy anywhere near being on their list. But... That's how it stands. So, Luke Besson. Yeah. He's big over, overseas. Raking it in. and, yeah. and I'm happy to see Edge of Tomorrow is in the top ten. That's least, exciting. Yeah. It's good. He's still got some worldwide pull. Yeah. Tom Cruise. You so. know, and now that they've given the movie a completely different name, <laughs> it's going to get so much, so much more attention. Not. Um... So yeah, we'll see how that goes. I just realized that I'm going to be out of town when we normally record the October 1st episode. Okay. So we're either going to have to do it early, and I'm going to have to do the results early, or we'll figure something out. Alright. So, everybody stay tuned. I know you're waiting on the edge of your October 1st might be the equalizer, though. That's true. That's That's the dead zone. I can't can't miss that. Yeah, we'll get together. We gotta review the dad movie. Yes. Um... (laughs) 
Alright, so that's it for the summer movie wager. Now it's time for film news. We got a big one yesterday. To me, this is big. And it's pretty ridiculous. Matt Damon and Paul Greengrass are returning to the Bourne franchise for their third movie together. Fourth Damon Bourne movie. Yes. This is going to bump Jeremy Lin... Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Renner. Justin Lin and Jeremy Jeremy, Renner. You combine them to make a Houston Rockets (laughs) basketball player. (laughs) This is going to bump their 2016 Bourne Legacy sequel. Yes. Which they have now called a spinoff. Okay. Ouch. Yeah, I think that's a spin out. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. I I wouldn't be surprised. See, here's the thing, is that people have been excited for the idea of of uh, Renner and Damon together in a Bourne movie. Right. Which I would be excited for, too. And I think it would make a lot of sense, like a really big amount of sense, to make this movie that comes up, that movie, if yep. Damon's coming back. But something tells me that Damon and Greengrass were like, we're not touching that. We want to have another movie in our... You know, mm-hmm. they, they, Greengrass said that they, that they pretty much finished what they wanted to say with their Bourne movies. That's what gets me. That's what intrigues me. And now they're back. Yeah. So that's interesting. And I, I don't think they'd come back if they weren't like, hey, we've got a really cool idea. But this makes me think the fact that this, that they're like publicly stating that this is bumping the Lynn Renner movie. That's not good for for, no. for Jeremy Renner. Which you know what? That's fine. Jeremy Renner's got like Mission Impossible and uh, uh, the Avengers and Hansel and Gretel, all those franchises under his belt now. <laughs> so if we take one off the table, then maybe he can like focus his energy or something. But... I don't mean this as a slight either, but I think Jeremy Renner works better in those other roles as like the side guy. I don't know how much I love him as the lead. Like guy in a movie, I like him better as a Hawkeye or as like Tom, the buddy buddy with Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible. That's in that's, the big budget movies. That's a good point, and that's what's interesting is that I think at least for a while the the guess was that in Mission Impossible Four, this was going to be the introduction of somebody that Tom Cruise could hand off the Mission Impossible franchise to. Mm-hmm. But maybe after maybe like studios after seeing how the Warren legacy was just kind of like a plop like a, a, a fart in a glove if you will yeah i was gonna say how did that do not well okay i, I mean it, at least critically on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> i still haven't watched it it's, it's not, on hbo all the time it's nothing special it's okay. really nothing nothing special and box office wise i don't think it did fantastically like let's let's take a look. Okay. Born. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Legacy. And I guess this would be the time. I mean, if you were going to, because I you might as well get something out of Jeremy Renner if you're, if I don't know what, what kind of contract he worked out or what, <laughs> but I mean, this would be the time to combine the two franchises. I would guess. Absolutely. I mean, this, and it would help. It would help justify the other one's existence because that spinoff movie. Is not going to do much if they do make it. Like, no one's going to care. No. It it really kind of, like... And it's weird because the cast of that movie was really, really good. Is Rachel Weisz in that? Rachel Weisz is in it. You got uh, Edward Norton as... And and, uh, uh, David Strathairn, like, returned to his role from the original ones. And um, Oscar Isaac was another one of the Insight agents or whatever. Insight was the program that... Okay. That Jeremy Renner's person was... It, it's very strange. Like, it's... Okay, Born Legacy made like a hundred... No, it made $276 million worldwide with a production budget of $125 million. So it didn't do too high. No. It made, it made 113 domestic, which it made less than its budget in its home. Right. That, that means that it's not... And that's production budget. It's a failure. That's not advertising and all yeah, that. Yeah, that doesn't have any of that stuff in it. So... I don't know, man. I don't know. It's very. I honestly, I want to know why Damon and Greengrass are back. That's what I'm probably most curious about because I'm well. Jim, um, God, you just got me doing it now. But I'm Lynn, sorry. Justin Lynn, <laughs> <laughs> he would be. Uh, I'm kind of. I would be interested to see what he would do. Absolutely, I, I like him a lot. Uh, but I'm very interested to see. I I almost don't want them to do it, but I kind of want to see it anyway. 
Damon and Greengrass yeah. comeback because they ended that pretty perfectly. I thought it's it's a really beautiful yeah, and you know I don't think anything can ruin uh, identity through Ultimatum. I think those three will stand the way that they do. I mean, it might be actually better coming back after they made another movie. It, it's possible. It's yeah. possible, especially like this didn't work in Green Zone or something like that. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh... What if they just remake Green Zone? Like, they, they're so mad. It's just Jason Bourne and Green Zone. <laughs> they're just so mad nobody saw Green Zone that they're gonna put the Bourne name on it. That'd it's be like, beautiful. They just... They don't even film anything differently. They just ADR the names <laughs> into it. What is the last movie Green Grass did? Uh, Captain Phillips, right? Captain Phillips, yeah. That did... I mean, that did well. Yeah, it did well. Yeah. No, and... So this isn't like a like a going back to the well for money thing. This mm, I don't think thing. so. I don't yeah. think so. And... You know, I my famous quote, famous, <laughs> I say with loose uh, quotations, uh, is that in a post haywire world. Yes, yes. I don't know if Greengrass Born movies do it for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I'm completely serious about all of that. Okay. So I, you know, it'll be interesting. I'm very interested to see to see what goes on. But anyway, we should move on. All right. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. And Jordan Vogt-Roberts, director and actor, reverse, you, you, you know what I'm saying. Uh, they're heading to Skull Island for Legendary. So, um, Jordan Vogt-Roberts recently directed The Kings of Summer, which is one of my favorite movies of last year. Um, and Tom Hiddleston, we all know. Beloved Loki, Loki. and many other, mm-hmm. many other roles. So, Skull Island is the King Kong kind of prequel thing. That's going on. Um, as we kind of saw at Comic-Con, I think uh, Legendary is kind of buying into the kaiju movies more so than than uh, superhero films, which is interesting and probably good and cool that they're going in that direction. But I don't have much... I haven't watched Peter Jackson's King Kong. I haven't watched a single King Kong movie. Actually. Oh, really? Okay. So, so this will be my my in here. I'll have to check out. I'll have to go back and learn more, like I did with Godzilla, and like okay. like I should do with a lot of things, like I did with Fast and Furious. Really, <laughs> is what I meant to say. Well, this is these aren't that good. Uh, okay, no, okay. That's not I mean, crazy. you know, but so what do you think? I love King. I love the original King Kong, the 1930s one. I okay. I remember when I watched. It, I was I was younger when I saw it, but. It's just so cool. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's an old 1930s movie, and just the way it is. I mean, the effects and everything. How they, even they don't. I mean, whatever. They're great. They're <laughs> fun. It's yeah. So um, honestly, I don't know how many of the sequels I've seen. I think I've yeah. seen like Son Son of Kong. But anyway, like I could really. I'm excited they went this route because he's a really interesting choice for director. Even though I haven't seen The Kings of Summer. Yeah, it's it's inter- it's it, it's this weird kind of like Gareth Evans for yeah. Uh, uh, did I did I say that right or is it Gareth Edwards? Damn it! I don't we know. are just messing up everyone. Let's just go with it. It's no, one of, it's, it's one of the, the the Gareth that directed the Godzilla movie <laughs> before that did Monsters, Monsters which was yeah. it, that makes a little more sense than Kings of Summer to King yeah. Kong means. Although yeah. they both have King in the title, but this mm-hmm. isn't even King Kong; it's Skull Island, so that doesn't even count. Right. So that's the kind of journalism you get here. <laughs> <laughs> Midwest Film News Podcast. We do need William Nick at all times just to call us on our bullshit. Um, no, uh, where was I? I don't like the Jackson, Peter Jackson, King Kong. Okay. I like the parts on Skull Island, which I would really, and what excites me about this director choice is I would like to see it be a lot leaner. Peter Jackson's movies have gotten really bloated. Yeah. Really, really bloated. And I, I hope it's something they learn. I didn't think Godzilla was... Godzilla had its problems, but I didn't think Bloat was one of them, if no. I recall. I thought it was a pretty kind of lean, straightforward movie. And that's all I really want from King Kong, because that's all the original is. And there is still some little character stuff, but it's kind of mixed in with the with the monster stuff. And they get... The Peter Jackson movie takes like nine hours to get to the actual island. And it's all like... I don't remember. Naomi Watts is juggling, or Adrian Brody's juggling. One of them's <laughs> juggling on a boat for a while. So that's most of that's most of the first hour of that King Kong. Do, so. you, do you know much in the way of of King Kong lore? Like they get to Skull. Is this like the first search party that goes to Skull Island, and maybe Tom Hiddleston gets away to tell the tale or something? Like, do you have any kind of general ideas to? Like, do you think this is King Kong coming back to New York? 
I think this is going... I think this might be what you said it is. Yeah. He might play the guy that comes back. They might just remake the entire first movie because he they come back and they capture Kong and they string him up in New York. Okay. And that's how he, he escapes. Uh, spoilers for a 80-year-old I just movie. told you I didn't see the movie, too. Okay. So that, it, yeah. I, well, I didn't... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's. it's interesting to me that they would just go with Skull Island because I feel like there is a... There's a brand recognition of King Kong, but I don't know what that gets you nowadays. My thing, yeah, what I think they might do is they might sell it on the island. You're right. They might just focus it on the island because the island has dinosaurs and okay. all sorts of other monsters on it. And then they might wait for the third act with King Kong and then just have them escape would be my guess. Interesting. Line. Future spoilers. We shall see. Yeah. Gotta get Damon Lindelof on there. There's an island involved. Yeah. Yes. I don't know what that means. I'm sorry, <laughs> everybody. He's like, or Michael Bay. Transformers 4. <laughs> okay, real quick mention here. Bond 24 is going to shoot in December. I'm excited. Yep. I think Sam Mendes is returning. I think Sam Mendes is returning. I don't think Deacons is. That's sad. Uh, the DP. Yeah. Um, there's someone else, though, the, the guy that shot her, and mm. um, a couple other really beautiful looking movies. So it's not that big of a step no. either way. I mean, That's good. It's, a nice, it's a nice transition. I mean,. Did you like? Did you guys like Skyfall? I loved Skyfall. Uh, Willie didn't see it. I okay. think Nick and I review Nick and and maybe Lance. I think Lance might have gone to see it too with okay. us. Um, you can look back at episode something. And um, <laughs> no, I think we all liked it quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. So I like Skyfall a lot. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, this, is this Craig's last one? This got to be. I think it's close. It's, it's got either this be, one or one more. Is he at 24? He might have it through 25. I think he might have it through 25. Okay. But 25. we'll see. Okay. All right. And then finally, uh, real quick. Um, it doesn't have to be that quick. But uh, David Fincher kind of came out and talked about two of his projects or potential projects or former potential projects. Yeah. Uh, he talked about 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and kind of what happened with that. He kind of finally said, yeah, it's not going to happen and here's why. And then he also talked about uh, The Girl Who Played With Fire, the sequel to uh, Girl With The Dragon Tattoo, where that's at. So, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I know that you wanted to talk about this. I, I, you can give the quick summary, or I can kind of give the quick summary of what he said, but... It basically sounded like it was tough for him to convince Disney to let him make the movie he wanted to make. Yeah. Which is understandable, but I don't know if I would want to see a David Fincher Disney movie. Like, and that's what I kind of thought. I'm like, oh. It's a weird mix. Yeah, like, that's what you kind of... And I always think it is kind of interesting, and I think it gets underrated at some point, is to watch some of these directors have to deal with the studio system. Yeah. And sometimes some interesting... I mean, James Gunn and Guardians of the Galaxy did it, and even mm-hmm. Whedon, I think... I think he works pretty well within the studio system when yeah. he lets himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I'm not sure Fincher is that kind of guy. Yeah. If, he seems very, I don't know, different. He got so burned on Alien 3 that he exactly. just doesn't yeah. want to put up with the crap of the studio. Anymore. Right. And Disney seems like a very controlling studio. And yeah. I mean, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I don't even know if I would want to see it, but I kind of do. I think it would have been interesting. Yeah, it, it, he goes he goes on to talking a lot about like he basically trying to balance the idea that he had the cast list and then they had to go through who they wanted on the cast list to kind of be like these are who we're actually comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And David Finch is kind of like, well, I don't care who's big in Japan. I just want to pick the person that I want to pick to play the part. So it's it's a lot of those like big big decisions. And the problem is the budget like ballooned to like two hundred million dollars, yeah. which is big. And this was like 2012, 2013 time, and that was two, three years after Tron Legacy and during the year that John John Carter, Carter. quote-unquote, flopped. Right. Which also was a huge budget. It just, I think it was all wrong time, wrong place. Exactly. I I mean, I I guess I don't really blame, because you wonder with some of those old name properties like that. Do they even have the pull to like the even yeah. the name recognition? I mean, John Carter, I guess, was a little different because it's really old and hasn't there hasn't been much but since then. But yeah, even which Tw- yeah, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, I think, is still like a bigger part of culture. Yeah, like John Carter's important and it's got it's got ties into a lot of things that we love now. But Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea is still very 
not relevant, but it's definitely something that's kind of it's got mind share. There's like, a generation out there that still recognizes. Yeah, the, yeah, the older movie. Jules Verne yeah. is like Jules Verne. The name Jules Verne means something to a lot of people out right. there. So I don't think um, I don't think it'd be bad. I think it would be interesting to see. I would have liked to see the movie that would have come out, but all in all, I think David Fincher's got such a lineup of things that he wants to do yeah. that. I'm not heartbroken to see him put something down that's not original. So, no. uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo sequel, Girl Who Played with Fire. They've apparently Andrew Kevin Walker, who wrote Seven and wrote on a bunch of other Fincher movies, um, is apparently doing a rewrite on the script. And Sony hasn't really committed to anything. And Daniel Craig and Rooney Mara are off making billions of other movies, as is David Fincher. <laughs> so that was in a real weird spot. He figures that. Sony will do something with it, but he doesn't know who's going to be involved or how it's going to work. Okay. And he said that their script is apparently very different than the book. Okay. So, I don't know. We'll see. But he's got Gone Girl coming out next month. Yeah, I think it's October 3rd. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> David Fincher is one of my favorite filmmakers, so we'll see how that goes. All right. Now it's time for Stand and Deliver. Starring, Starring Edward James almost. Yes. If you haven't seen that movie, you probably... I haven't. And you I haven't? really, really need to. Because yeah, you should see it. It's pretty good. I mean, my, like, it's about the story of Jaime Escalante, yeah. who's a teacher trying to bring calculus to kids. Yes. But one of my, my, my calculus teacher in high school like read Jaime Escalante's book, and like ever since I knew that this movie existed, I've always wanted to watch it, and I never have. <laughs> but anyway, this isn't about that at all. <laughs> Basically, Tim Tim wrote me a few emails with ideas for podcast segments that were all fantastic, and this is one of those ideas. One of them was the back to school from uh, two weeks ago. So, this is basically a segment where we take uh, news stories mm-hmm. and we grade them. And you'll understand why we're grading these news stories. <laughs> because it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with what I think is... I'm. I, I think I might be a little bit more lenient of a grader. I'll put that out there okay. because remember, I only gave After Earth a D minus. That's true. And That's true. Everybody else gave it an F. We'll so. see. We'll see. All right. So this is slashfilm.com, written by Jermaine Lucier. Jermaine, if you're listening, which you're not, we'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> I'd rather have Jermaine Jackson. I, well, <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. So the title of this article is James McAvoy will go will finally go bald in X-Men Apocalypse ooh they wrote an article about this yeah yeah <laughs> I quote comic fans tend to overreact for example they know Charles Xavier should be bald and in a wheelchair but when James McAvoy was cast for the role in X-Men First Class he had a head full of hair and was walking around this should not stand literally ugh ugh ooh. you know what I take back the ugh <laughs> I like that by the end of the film, though, the whole standing thing was taken care of. Sorry, Charles. Now it seems that the follicle fallacy will soon be solved as well. Oh, this is good. I like this. In a new interview, McAvoy admitted he doesn't know much about 2016's X-Men Apocalypse, but he does think he'll finally have to shave his head. Um, we can watch the video or read the quote, which I'm going to read the quote. Of course, he spoke to the Huffington Post and said the following. This is James McAvoy. I have no idea what's going on. I think I'm losing my hair finally. And in the movie. And yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> I got an email from the Simon Kinberg, from the Simon Kinberg, our oh, producer. The, the Simon Kinberg, who wrote today's movie we're reviewing, I believe. Or produced it. Maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll find was, out. His name was on it, sorry. <laughs> I got an email from the Simon Kinberg, our producer, writer extraordinaire, who informed me that he was getting dead excited about stuff, but he didn't want to divulge anything for a couple of weeks, so I don't really know. But it seems fairly global. If we're talking about Apocalypse, maybe it's the character's name, but I think the nature of the movie will be fairly apocalyptic. <laughs> <laughs> going blah, 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 blah. Okay, you can read that on Slash Film. Yeah. Are, are, are you kidding me? <laughs> Why did that need to be written? No, I, he I, makes an offhanded joke about going bald and maybe in the movie, and then he talks about how Apocalypse might happen in the movie. <laughs> That required a page on Slash Film? No, I don't want to... Like, I... We're not grading the quality of the writing, because that was fantastic. I really... I enjoyed... If anything, you write the article for the uh, follicle fallacy <laughs> line. Because that's good stuff. All right. That's good stuff. Um, and that this should not stand, literally? Literally. Yes. Oh, come on. <laughs> that's good. 
Um, I appreciate that. So I think good work on that. We're not grading the writing because that A+. Plus. <laughs> but as far as the news goes, that's no, yeah. That's an F. That's it. That's an F. I'm gonna give it a D. You know, yeah, that's. I'm. I'm gonna. I'll give this one a D plus. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm gonna go lower than you. I'm gonna give it a D. But mainly, I would give it an F. But the Simon Kinberg <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the quote cracked me up. That's. I like that. I well, you know. You will never find that. You will never find the words of the Simon Kinberg in another <laughs> article again. So treasure that. I just I think that's because McAvoy is kind of like a like a just kind of a joker guy. Yes, but it's yes. beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right, D plus from me. D D, D from Tim. Yes. All right, Youp scorekeeper. <laughs> Oh, we have feedback from Youp as well. Oh, I need to get. This. I'll get to that after this. Oh, we're gonna make an episode of this yet. All right, article number two. Ben Affleck says he can relate to Batman's anger. This is from Coming Soon. Um, if there's one thing that Batman is good at, it's fighting crime. But if there are two things he's good at, it's fighting crime and being very, very angry while doing it. Speaking with the Sunday Times, our brand new Batman, Ben Affleck, spoke about his own personal dealings with anger and how that helps him relate to the Cape Crusader, whom he will play in the upcoming Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Quote Ben Affleck, I think it's a necessity, historically, in the tradition of these films. For me, anger is so deeply buried and contained that when it does kind of come out, it comes out in stronger bursts. I tend to be respectful, polite, get along, put up with, put up with, put up with, then... When it finally emerges, it's not something I have a ton of control over. I'm not going to go into a Wolverine Berserker rage, but I do have a... I do... That's an interesting thing that you point out. That's my personality. <laughs> By the way, that's a clear character flaw, I think. I should sit down and say, listen, I just want to let you know what happened there wasn't okay. But instead of going, let it go, let it go, let it go, ah, uh, that's not a big deal until you finally just pop. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means. No, that's really... That was all Ben Affleck. I okay. like Ben Affleck quite a bit, and I don't like that quote. Like, let, me, let me finish the article here. Affleck's very angry Batman will face off against Henry Cavill's <laughs> also brooding Superman in the upcoming film, which also stars Gal Gadot, Amy Adams, Lawrence Fishburne, Diane Lane, Jesse Eisenberg, and Jeremy Irons. I hope Lawrence Fishburne brings a smile. <laughs> oh, he always does. He always does. Perry White will bring the smile. Zack Snyder's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice hits theaters March 25th, 2016. They read a Sunday Times article, yeah, and felt the need to make another article out of that quote. I guess they credited it. No, they they, they absolutely so, I credited mean, good it for them. But yeah, they, did they even write anything though? See, I will grade they, this. They right. just they just, they just pasted. Repost- they just put the quote in there. They just reposted the article. And that quote, so no, like- it's not. The, uh, there's probably a fuller interview on the Sunday <laughs> Times that might have been like, oh yeah, playing Batman's great, which is fine, and that's the Sunday Times. Yeah. This is comingsoon.net. Yeah. And they're like, here's this quote from Ben Affleck where he says, yeah, I'm kind of like thinking about anger when I'm playing Batman. <laughs> Why? Okay. See, now I will grade this All right. article. This gets an F. All right. This is lazy. All right. This is very lazy by the coming soon. They didn't even have an author, do they? It's just... Uh, uh, we I don't need to call him. No, I, it just says source the Sunday Times, and I don't see an, Le- ar- an author on it. At here. least the dude from Slashville owned up to his. Owned up, and he he, threw and he, put, a, he put a spin on it. Yeah, he put some flair in there. He put a spin on it. I like that much better. I uh, no respect, no respect for this. <laughs> All <laughs> as, right, as we're as we're just reading things off it and insulting them. <laughs> no, yeah, we're not. But we're not this. I mean, That's we're not funny. writing articles about this. No, no. And I'm not getting paid. No. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But. <laughs> All right. We head back for the final, the third oh, and final Oh, we're not going to talk about the quote. We can talk about the quote. Well, the quote. Yeah, we don't really. That's, what is there to say? That's a quote. That is an interview that, like, Warner Brothers is kind of floating out. What I'm thinking is floating out there to show that he gets the character. And that he can name drop Wolverine's Berserker Rage. So, like, he's, they're trying to get nerds <laughs> he clearly off. clearly is a nerd. Yep, they're trying to get comic nerds off his back, I guess. But what's weird is, I think he's wrong about Batman. Because, like, not every iteration of Batman has been angry. No. Adam Walsh was a happy guy. Yeah, That's very part. true. Yeah. And even, even, like, the point of The Dark Knight is that Batman only gets angry at the Joker like towards the right. last act of the movie. Like that's kind of the crux of the movie is that right. his anger gets the best of him. Mm-hmm. And even then it doesn't really. Maybe. Batman's always like pretty controlled yeah. and calculated. So I th- that's kind of what I always thought. 
especially I always go with the animated series Batman too. Yeah. As and I never he was never that angry unless I guess maybe until he popped like Affleck. Maybe. Can you imagine? And this is older Batman, but I don't think of older Batman as like Yeah, if I remember though, he got pretty he got pretty cranky. Maybe. Yeah, I it all, it's been a long time since I've read Dark Knight Returns. It, it, so. it, I always pictured him more as like Clint Eastwood than yeah. Ben Affleck. I Ben That's an angry fair. Ben Affleck doesn't really no. do much for me. No. I mean, I like crying Ben Affleck and happy go lucky. <laughs> we'll see how he is in Gone Girl coming October third. century. Um, <laughs> this episode has been brought to you by nobody. <laughs> Finally, we head back to Slash Film for article number three. Here, this this was this was my favorite. Oh yeah, this is the one that I texted you about earlier. I'm very excited. And I'm happy. You probably saw this and just dismissed it. <laughs> this is by Angie Han. Who you know what? All of these people on Slash Film have written really great Slash yeah. films. Slash Film can be a very fantastic site. Mm-hmm. David Chen's had some really beautiful posts about like the movie that he's making and like a lot of like they and have I, they have good content. And I get the struggle of trying to and get they got to get page views, page views, and trying to repurpose some of the stuff. Yeah, before. so we we understand, but really. <laughs> Let's let's get to this. Let's get to this. We need content too, slash film. That's why we're doing. That's this. why we're doing. This. <laughs> Was that a Punisher cameo in Captain America: The Winter Soldier? <laughs> Question mark. That's the title. All right, I'm gonna read this whole thing because you need to. <clears throat> Between Black Widow, Falcon, Nick Fury, and of course Cap himself, Captain America: The Winter Soldier had plenty of heroes already, but there may have been one more we didn't get to see. Directors Joe and Anthony Russo tease what sounds like a Punisher cameo in the film, and even joke that the anti-hero could be up for his own Marvel one-shot. If you saw Captain America the Winter Soldier, you may recall that when Nick Fury is under fire, he finally gets his chance to escape when a yellow Penske truck crashes into his attackers. Then, later in the film, spoiler alert here, don't worry, you've already seen it probably, Later in the film, when Agent Sitwell is thrown into traffic where he's promptly hit... No, then, later in the film, Agent Sitwell is thrown into traffic where he's promptly hit by a yellow Penske truck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, according to the Russos, the two Penske trucks are one and the same, and the driver might be someone Marvel fans recognize. Coming soon, reports. Oh, can you imagine? The man who drives the truck, Joe Deadpans, joking that the driver is a candidate for a future Marvel one-shot... Is a very highly trained. Is very highly trained. He thinks on his own terms. He's got a plan and a very specific skill set. Joe Russo. This is back to the article. Joe Russo doesn't actually name the character, but it sounds a lot like the Punisher. No. <laughs> well, either him or Liam Neeson from the Taken movies, but that would make way less sense. <laughs> I, you know, I'm gonna say. Since the reporter is careful to note that the filmmakers are quote-unquote joking, we should definitely take the info with a grain of salt. Particularly the bit about maybe Punisher getting his own Marvel (laughs) one-shot. It's possible the Russos really did intend for Frank Castle to be the truck driver. It's just as possible they simply wound up using the same vehicle for two different scenes and came up with an amusing backstory to tell people after the fact. But for what it's worth... Marvel could make a pun- make the Punisher a reality in the MCU if they wanted to. Rights to the character reverted back to Marvel a few years ago, and so far the studio hasn't revealed any plans for the character. I, for one, am going to choose to believe that that really was the Punisher until Marvel definitely proves otherwise. I am with her. I will be choosing to believe it's the Punisher. I read the Coming Soon article. Yeah. They don't mention the Punisher once. Yeah. Now, see, I like, Coming soon does not mention the Punisher <laughs> at all. Nowhere. Anytime there's some sort of accident or like Oscar, like some sort of violence, and you don't see the other person, I pretend it's the Punisher. I mean, that's a that's a yeah. that's a great way to think about it. <laughs> I also like the idea of like the next Punisher movie just being him driving <laughs> yellow Penske trucks into people. <laughs> like what product I placement? Mean, it'd be it's really funny if they need a short for the Guardians for the Guardians and for some reason they've just got Frank Castle driving Penske truck. Like they get Thomas Jane to hang out in a Penske truck for He'd a weekend. He would do it. He probably would. But that doesn't make any sense. Like why? <laughs> Does Nick Fury hire the Punisher to like randomly hit people that he doesn't want alive anymore? 
I haven't thought about it that much. I mean, still, it's just... A, it, he, I, either that or he could have hired Liam Neeson from Taken. Regardless of all of that. Yeah. Regardless of all of that. <laughs> this was somebody at Slash Film reading a Coming Soon article yeah. where they joked that it was the same person. Yeah. And good, they right? wrote an article about it's it. Pretty good, right? And they just blatantly were like, "Hey, it's a Punisher cameo." <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I don't know what to say. Uh, this is an F for me. Okay, this is an A for me because <laughs> the idea of the Punisher, Pen- the Pensky Punisher, you know, <laughs> is so amazing. Like yellow suit with the white skull. I have to get behind it, and then like she keeps ending it. She's like, "It probably isn't, or it might be." It's like she keeps writing the same sentence. It also it reminded me of. Um, Back, back in the day, <laughs> uh, when I used to go on the superhero hype forums, yes, there was during Spider Man Two at the end when uh, Mary Jane runs away in her wedding dress, yep. and there's a guy that walks behind the screen, and he kind of looks like Tom- he's just a dude. He's a terrible extra because he stares directly <laughs> into the camera, and everybody on the superhero hype movie was it's like, "That's Tom James Punisher!" <laughs> <laughs> like, what an amazing cameo for Sam Raimi to just sit there and go. Oh, this is the this is the big romantic moment of my movie. This is the time for a Punisher cameo. <laughs> oh my god! So it reminded me of that. So A, A for effort, or C for castle. <laughs> Either one. I just I. It's frustrating. That's the thing about this is that this is like one of the second articles that I've read, and they've done it before, like yeah. many times, but. This is one of the second articles that I've read where they're basically just kind of in the meat of the article. Like, this could all be nothing <laughs> because we're literally making this up. <laughs> but what if it's not nothing? No. It, the, yeah. I don't check out a lot of news sites anymore, movie news sites anymore because of that reason, because there's yeah. so much non-news. Yeah. Um, and I get it. And, like, I understand why it is and I like I, I more power to you I guess but yeah I agree we should make fun of it yeah like it totally deserves to be made fun of yeah and they should have a sense of, I, I hope they have a sense of humor about it right now. I hope so too yeah. I hope so too we we do love slash film yeah but but you know I there are a lot of things I love that I make fun of it's true so. that's completely true that's completely true <laughs> We, if we didn't make fun of you, that would mean that you weren't relevant to us. Exactly. If right. I didn't go to Slash Film and Coming yeah. Soon to, to like look for stories, that right. would mean that I didn't. That you're not even on my radar and right. that you never mattered to me. Now, if so. we could go to IMDb and then you want to start oh. reading off the message boards. Oh man, I think and you don't even like you could even just get to the news stories that they right. put on IMDb that are like, here's seven different news stories. Each <laughs> one is a paragraph on the same page, and none of them are actual news. <laughs> I don't understand that at all, but <laughs> hey. Anyway, yes. we're going to take a quick break, yes. and then we're going to get right back with our review of Luke Greenfield's Let's Be Cops, possibly involving the Simon Kinberg. I, yeah, I'm looking this up right now. <laughs> That siren that you can barely hear means that it's time for our review of Let's Be Cops, <laughs> starring uh, Jake Johnson, Damon Wayans Jr., uh, Rob Riggle, Mina Dobrev, James Darcy, Keegan-Michael Key, and uh, a lot of other people, Natasha Leggero, of course. Um, this movie's directed by Luke Greenfield. Produced by the Simon Kinberg. These, I, yes. As we confirmed during the break. As Tim confirmed during the break. And the synopsis on IMDb says, Two struggling pals dress as police officers for a costume party and become neighborhood sensations. But when these newly minted quote-unquote heroes get tangled in a real-life web of mobsters and dirty detectives, they must put their fake badges on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... I like Jake Johnson. I like Damon Wayans Jr., I like the idea of this movie, and it made me want to see it. I was kind of in the same boat. I was ready to wait until cable. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I probably would have done the same if I didn't have a movie podcast, but unfortunately I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. And I'm kidding about the unfortunately part, not the fact that I have one. Um, 
So, Tim, what did, what did you think about Lesbicops? It's not, yeah, I mean, it's not very good. Um, and I, this is a movie, If I maybe if I would have saw it on cable, I might be a little bit more, um, but a little bit more lenient with it. But even then, it's just, the premise of it, it's been done, I'm pretty sure, but it, the idea of two doofs getting power yeah. is always kind of funny. It's a kind of funny comic presence. Uh Whatever I said. <laughs> premise. I, I said presence. That's there are no both. presents to be had. <laughs> it's uh, See, I think you come to this movie for the people in it. Exactly. And yeah. even so, I don't think Damon Wayans Jr. got to be Damon Wayans Jr. in this movie. I don't feel like Jake Johnson really got to be Jake Johnson in this movie. I'm not as familiar with them. I know Damon Wayans Jr. a little bit more. Yeah. Because I watch a little bit more of Happy Endings. Okay. But I remember Happy Endings... Happy Endings was a show like I couldn't watch much of because it was loud. Mm. It was a loud TV show. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to throw that out there. But oh, yeah, I'm with Whippersnappers you. with the loud TV shows. <laughs> I'm with you. There, it was weird. He was, he was very inconsistent in this movie. Yeah. It was very... Like, and there were times when I went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that guy. And I think... I think I think all of the characters are pretty inconsistent in this movie a lot of yeah. the times. Jake Johnson's really just kind of sad the whole way through. You, you forgot to mention Andy Garcia is in this movie. Uh, well, I wanted to save the camera. Oh, I'm sorry. But oh. that's okay because it's not <laughs> worth knowing. No. Andy Garcia is in this movie, which blew my mind. You know what I said? <laughs> I spent the latter half of the movie trying to be like, his name's Andy something, isn't it? And it's like, Andy? <laughs> no, there's no way it's Andy. And then finally... I was We're like, spoiling this off the top, right? Yeah, it doesn't okay. matter. Whatever. Well, it's weird. If you get Andy Garcia in your movie, and he, he is known as a dramatic actor, serious actor, you should have him say a joke or two. Like, I don't yeah. think he makes a joke at this entire no. thing. They just have him be kind of Andy Garcia. He just, like, walks off in one movie set right onto this one, doing yeah. the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, like, like, what a waste of time for yeah. everybody involved. So, yeah, yeah that was bad. Um, I don't know. This is a movie, like... It's an H. Like when I was younger, I used to watch like comedies on HBO. Yeah. And if I would turn it on and I'd watch it, and I'd be like, "Oh, um, Damon Wayans' dad is it his dad? Damon Wayans? Yeah. He did one called Celtic Pride and the Great White Hype, both of which reminded me of this movie, or like this reminded me of those two movies because none of those are very good either. <laughs> but I, but like I've watched them on HBO and I laughed a couple of times. And then I would forget until I saw another movie like it, where I laughed a couple of times and would forget about it. So that's what this movie was. I did laugh a couple of times. But. Yeah, but it, like even like I don't think there was anything that hit me like super hard. Like that's hilarious, which is no. and there are some funny people in it. Yeah, because uh, is it Keegan Michael Key? Keegan Michael Key. Keegan Michael Key might be my favorite part of the movie just because he's Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, and even th- with that, you could tell like I don't even know if they had a plan for him other than to come and do a funny voice. Yeah, but he just does a funny voice so. Well, yeah, uh, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, it's very true. And Keegan Michael Key, like even just with his face, he can make you laugh. Yes, is, you know, there's some people like that, but it's he does that quite well. But no, I was disappointed. I was pretty disappointed. Like I didn't have high expectations, but I was like, this is at least going to make me like I'm going to laugh, hopefully pretty hard at something here. And I don't, I don't feel like I really got that much enjoyment out of it. Like. The whole, the whole, like, first 15, 20 minutes, yeah. like, up until they walk out of that initial party, is just really, really sad. Right? That's... This is a problem, like, I had with... I had with... Neighbors is a much funnier movie, I might add. Absolutely. But my pro, I said I, I would have liked to have seen it gone darker. I kind of yeah. wanted to see this go darker with... Um, is it Jake Johnson? Is that yep. his name? I wanted to see this go darker with his character, because he's kind of a psychopath. Absolutely, and like they don't treat him like that. They treat him like you're supposed to kind of like like feel for him, yeah. and you don't feel for him at all. Like no. it's sad, and and Damon Wayans, like Junior, his whole character's thing is like he has to become a man, I guess, at some point. <laughs> but like I don't know, I thought he's all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry, maybe that says something about me. Well, the, the dumb thing about it all is that he spends most of the movie being like vehemently opposed to like continuing to do the cop thing, and yet he's still there. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every single time, like it just <laughs> that doesn't. I don't know. I didn't. It was weird. Like for him, what I meant, I guess, what I meant by that is of the two people that should worry about becoming a man of this movie, Damon Wayans Jr. wasn't the character that was the man child. He was the one. 
So that was odd to me. And I think they tried to do that by giving him the arc of like he actually finds his path, but they don't they don't illustrate it well enough. Yeah. They don't give you those steps along the way. They 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 kind of do, but they don't give you those effective steps along the way that make you realize that Jake Johnson is finding something to do with his life. Yes. Which is disappointing. <laughs> no, it really it's, it's really disappointing. <laughs> like it that that could have given the movie some backbone to really like live off of. Yeah. They they never quite find it. Uh there, Yeah, I it, go ahead. There is one scene that I want to touch upon okay. because it's a and I guess it seems to happen in cop movies because I guess it it's happened in quite a few movies but it's the drug binge scene or like when someone accidentally takes drugs. Yeah, of course. This one has one where Damon Wayans Jr. accidentally takes crystal meth, and it is the least funny <laughs> drug bit. And why they decided to use crystal meth, yeah. I guess they thought because, like, nobody's used crystal meth as one of these comic <laughs> sequences. Plus, Breaking Bad was big, and okay. got some meth going on there, I guess. Okay, the problem is, like, weed and mushrooms, and, like, those, those are kind of funny drugs. <laughs> and... Crystal meth is just kind of sad and scary and, like, not that funny. It's hard for me to laugh at someone on crystal meth. Well, and not to mention that, like, it's just, it wasn't funny. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's the least, like, he doesn't, yeah, he's freaking out the, about the fact that he's on, like, crystal meth. Right. But they don't, like, show anything that makes you feel like it's a bad thing that he's on crystal meth. <laughs> Like, oh, the camera goes shaky a little bit. Right. Yeah, and it twitches. Yeah, and the image doubles, and it's like, there's nothing here that, like, I don't know. I don't think the filmmakers have, I don't think the Simon Kimberg has ever experienced Crystal Meth. You, you don't think? <laughs> no. You know? Okay. Maybe they just needed to, they needed somebody to, to really add to that experience. Right. They yeah, needed. that was, oh man, that was so bizarre to me. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking of the ecstasy, like, in Bad Boys 2. Yeah. And the ecstasy yep. bitch. Because even that, I don't think Michael Bay's ever done ecstasy. I think Michael Bay's. <laughs> Mainly cocaine. <laughs> Let's just slander everybody on this. Uh, no, uh, yeah, that was weird. Um, Rob Riggle's kind of wasted. Absolutely, I mean, he's always funny because Rob Riggle's always funny. But Absolutely, he just kind—he's of, played this character before and played it way better. Yep, this movie's been made way better. Rob, Rob Riggle, like I, Rob Riggle, is basically just standard. Let's. Make an authority figure here and yeah. plug him in. Yeah. And to see him just kind of like, I don't know. I thought they were going an interesting route, like with him recognizing, like I thought he realized that these guys like aren't real cops after his first encounter with them. Mm-hmm. And then he was just going yeah. along with them to kind of like. I liked that better actually. But they don't do anything with it. Yeah. It's. I, um, Nita Dobrev. Yep. From I know her from the first two seasons of Vampire Diaries, which yeah, I watched. I forgot. Yeah, I couldn't remember what she was actually from. She's she's good on that show, if I remember. She's, I mean, and she's in this, and I don't like. She's such a waste of a character in this too. Like she's kinda, pretty, but yeah, she's pretty. They don't give her anything to do. They don't give her anything to do, and she's a makeup anything. artist in this. She, yeah. And I think she, her main purpose is to make Damon Wayans Jr. look like Hugo Michael. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like she does not. Like I expected her to like. Maybe her character to grow into, like, maybe I want to pursue my dream to be a makeup artist. But yeah. they don't really do that either. No. They just kind of, she's just there to help Damon Wayans out. So It's weird. This is really like, <clears throat> this is kind of what I was talking about last week with how my album turned into a movie. It would yeah. just be boring. <laughs> because it's, it's basically just a bunch of 20-something problems. Like, oh man, I got a job at the game company, but I'm not selling the game that I wanted to sell. And then, oh, I want to be a makeup artist, but I'm actually just a waitress. And then, oh, uh, I don't have a job and I don't know what I'm doing with my life. This is what a bunch of 20-somethings are going through. And it just doesn't add up to anything particularly compelling. No. And yeah, it's not fun to, it's not that fun to watch. No. It's not fun to watch people do that. And the other thing is like, like you said... There's this weird undercurrent in this movie. I don't know. It came off like... I, they kind of forget the, like, chase your dream part. So they're, yeah. they're just like, well, just kind of settle. Yeah. <laughs> just settle. And, like, that was... Settle a, for acting like a cop. Yeah. Like, and that was the thing about, like, Neighbors had that, too. And yeah. there's, like, this weird undercurrent in a couple of movies of just, like, eh, settle. <laughs> and it's yeah. practical and advice. Would, don't get me wrong. Some people should just settle. <laughs> but... 
But it's kind of sad to watch in a yeah. movie. Like, you want to go to a movie and be like, you're right, neighbors and let's be cops. Let's chase our dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not like, yeah, be a fake cop. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think this movie's worth watching on cable, probably. No, I mean, no. Check I, it out. Maybe you'll like if it. You, if you really, really, really... No, I was going to say... I had something. a couple... There were a couple of laughs I had. Yeah. But I'm an, I think you and I are both easy marks. I think so, too. Yeah. I think... So, like, I look for... Like... I like to laugh at things. Yeah. So yeah. it's not... It's not hard for me to find something to laugh at. <laughs> Especially with people that I normally laugh at. Like, Jake John. I find Jake Johnson's amazing on New Girl. And mm-hmm. on, like, basically... And, like, Safety Not Guaranteed, he's fantastic. Okay. But it's... It just feels like a bunch of wasted talent, right? In this movie, and it's a, I, I feel like it's a pretty good premise. Like you said, it's it's been done before. Yeah, it's been done before because it works. Yeah, <laughs> too. yeah, it works. It's, and 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 it it just would have been nice to really see some 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 people like really get to let loose on the idea of like, oh hey, we're fake cops. Like, notice that none of our issues in this review yeah. have anything to do with whether or not the movie's realistic as to whether or not the guys can get away with being cops because we bought that. Right. We're like these guys are gonna pretend to be cops, people are gonna believe it. And whatever. That has nothing to do with any of our issues here. No. No, my issue, and this, I wanted to get this out real quick because it popped in my head during the movie. The last, like, 20 to 30 minutes in this movie, I don't think there's a joke in it. No. Like, it plays it really straight. Absolutely. And tries to be, like, an action movie, and it's not good at that. And I was just sitting there going, like, there hasn't been a joke in a long time. Yeah. Like, why did you think this was a good idea? Yeah. Your comedy. Your hour and 40 minute comedy. Yeah. That, that's it's The movie's way too long, yeah. and... Honestly, I don't know where even I don't know where I would even begin with where they should have cut things out. Like honestly, if they would have just like the the cre- over the credits, they play a bunch of scenes that are just like them dicking around, like being yeah. cops. If the whole movie was like a forty minute montage of them being cops and yeah. screwing with people, yeah, that's fine. funny. That's funny. That's good. Whatever. <laughs> just give me that. But yeah. it, you kind of have this really half baked story about transformations and like being what you actually want to be or finding your path and. And you kind of want to see them be, because they're immature and irresponsible, you kind of want to see them be that as cops. And I don't think you really see that until the end credits. Like, you yeah. don't get to see them be dicks as cops for a while. Just like that first, like, you get that first taste of them, like, oh, the smoke in the joint, like you see yep. in the trailer or whatever. And then after that... It goes right into the plot of, like, busting up a yeah, a drug yeah. runner or whatever. Which yeah. <laughs> whatever. Okay. Don't don't go yeah. see Let's Be Cops. I Maybe would. check it out if you really really want to see yeah. it. It might be okay. It's all right. It's nothing special. Don't pay ten dollars. We had maybe fifteen minutes to talk about with it, which is yeah. about twenty five minutes less than a normal episode, right? <laughs> but, and it was still ten minutes too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know the movie's long, so why not make our review <laughs> just as long? Um, that's it for our full review. Like I said, we do have some feedback from Youp. Uh, I wish that I would have remembered to say this in the beginning. We finally... Our, our, our challenge comes to a close. This started with Movie Trivia Tackle two, okay. three episodes ago. And Youp has written in every week to let us know that uh, we had a tie and that we needed to answer one final question. Okay. The question basically saying that the, his his trivia was that James Cameron was going to direct this film, but then could not because he was doing Terminator 2. Judgment. That's right. Okay. So, uh, the first week we thought it might have been Jurassic Park. The second week we thought it might have been Point Break, which I thought was beautiful. However, this response from Youp came in. Hello, guys. This is the moment you've all been waiting for. The final answer of Movie Trivia Tackle will be revealed. The answer is not Point Break or Hook, although Robin Williams plays a, a part in this movie. The answer is The Fisher King. Really? If you ever play another game on the podcast, the official score pe- scorekeeper of the Midwest Film Nerds podcast will be there to keep the score. Bye. <laughs> <clears throat> I, you Man, know what? James Cameron Fisher King. I don't know. The really funny thing is, because I said during that segment that I wanted to, I, I, I meant to pick a Fisher King trivia because that's usually what I do when we play these games is that the last one that I do leads us into the movie. And because I'm clever like that. Right. Can, can, you, can you hear me smiling through the microphone? <laughs> um, and, uh, 
I looked at the Fisher King and I remember reading that trivia. <laughs> and so I completely failed. I really just wanted it to be Point Break, I think. Uh, that made the most sense to me. Yeah. Honestly. And Terry Gilli- or James Cameron did Terry Gilliam is a very weird jump. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. that's two different movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I don't even understand what James Cameron would have done with the movie. No, and I don't know how... I'm trying to remember James Cameron's... He doesn't... The lighthearted stuff that's in The Fisher King, if I remember, I don't know how much of that he would have got. Well, I'm thinking True Lies. It's kind of light. It's been a long time yeah. since I've seen anything that's like... Not period or science fiction James Cameron. Exactly. Yeah. Which is strange. Yeah. It would have been weird. It would have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Anyway, thank you, Yoop. I should have known, but I didn't. We'll let it stand that uh, that Willie and I tied, and Nick and Nick and Tim were at like three and two, but uh, or two and three. I don't remember. But anyway, I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. We hope Willie feels better. I hope everybody feels better. That's true. I That's don't true. want anybody sick. We hope you all find your path. I care about all our listeners. Yes, we love you all. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what we're gonna do next week. <laughs> We're really in the dregs of, like, movie season right now. We're waiting for, like, the October horror dump to occur and then, find, yes. like, get into, like, the Oscar kind of stuff coming out in November, December. Yeah. So there's a Hunger Games movie coming out as well. Give us anything. Anything. Yeah. Anything's good. I think there's something coming out that might be worth seeing. Actually, the day that this comes out, I think the double comes out or something like that. Which or one's the double? Oh, is the, or the drop? I don't remember. Something. What's the double? I don't know. <laughs> you want me to talk about movies, Tim? We're going to talk about that Ray Liotta movie. The... The Identity? The Identical. The Identical. <laughs> yes, The Identical. Uh, it's blazing up. Oh, yeah. On Rotten Tomatoes. It's getting a fresh. Fresh as a daisy. <laughs> fresh as a daisy on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um... I didn't mention any of the stuff at the beginning of the show, so hopefully you're still listening. You can find us on Twitter, at MFN Podcast. We're also on Instagram. Find us on Facebook, Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. Go to MidwestFilmNerdsPodcast.com to find all of our previous 92-plus bonus episodes with full show notes to know where you can skip over spoilers and things like that. Um, Midwest uh, Feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. That's where you can write to us. You can also give us a call. 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. As always, thank you at Mr. John on Twitter, my brother, for our music and artwork. And uh, I think that's it. That's it for me. Yeah? Yeah. Tim Long, TW on Twitter? Yes. Yeah, I've been tweeting a lot lately. I think I've got zero since July. That's good. That's good. It's still amazing because you, you retweet Prince tweets for you, which is... <laughs> Which is what's really important. Yeah, I like to. So, my 46 followers. Yeah. I gotta keep them satisfied. If, if you don't want anybody to know that you want to follow Prince Tweets for you, then follow Tim Long on TW. Follow Greg Long, the show 310. G, G Long, G, the show 310, I believe. 310 on Twitter. Yep. He is a, he's a fantastic follow. It's, he's gonna break all the news. Yep. That's true. Just all the news. Doesn't matter if it's movie news. Any, any news. International news. He's going to be like The Rock when The Rock found out that Obama killed Osama. <laughs> remember when that happened, everybody? I do remember that, yeah. yeah that was big. Yeah, the Rock the, was the first person to know. It made the newsroom. <laughs> That's how big it was. <laughs> That's how you found out about it. <laughs> yeah, I found out about the newsroom. I found all my news out three years later from the newsroom. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh, anyway, look out. Our 100th episode is coming soon. This is episode 93. We're not too far away. we got to figure out what we're doing. We say that every week. We're doing Moonwalker. That's happening? Michael Jackson's Moonwalker? Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> we're reviewing Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Yeah. I'm dumb. <laughs> anyway, Kyle X.Y., go watch a movie.